Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Father, you're completely and totally good. This morning, we know we can trust you. Father, there's elements about us that create conflict, Lord, whether it's thoughts, imaginations, experiences that might cloud our image of what you're really like. But today, I declare the spirit of truth is resident within each one that's present here today to discern your purpose and your personal will for each of our lives. And we declare that as so in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. So interesting. Great worship set, guys. Very good. Very good. I'm so glad to see everybody here. Um, I uh, really intend to promote freedom of thought among you all. It's not my personal conviction that I have clarity of mind all the time. Some of you can attest to that, especially my wife. Um, Something something quite unique uh, took place this year. I was recommended a book to read by a friend. Some of these thoughts come from that book. I won't name him in case you're not sure of the content. But anyway, I appreciate Fred Weiss offering me that. Nice to have him here this morning. Um, And what happened as I was reading through the book, it's called Prophetic, The Prophetic Forecast. I was reading through it, something just exploded within me when when I read one of the chapters. And so I don't know if this will resonate with you or not, but it really, really had a huge impact on me. And I began to, this is about, this is probably July, and, um, and then just this last few weeks, as I, was, um, as I was getting ready for today, I'm reading through Isaiah right now, and, um, and I kept thinking of how clear the warnings were for the people in Isaiah. There's five warnings. Very, very clear. And, um, and, and so the message today is to prepare us, not to scare us, it's to prepare us. Because I really think the Lord wants to prepare us. <laughs> I really do. Not surprise us, but to prepare us. And, um, and um, one of the weapons of our warfare, you'll, you'll note from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, is the casting down of imaginations. That's one of the weapons we have. And, and to take thoughts captive. And there's a lot of things trying to take our thoughts captive, I find. And a lot of things that I also find trying to capture my imagination. But we need to be single-minded. And um, I, was, um, I was just thinking that as I was reading through Isaiah, because most of you know that Isaiah is like a little book, a little book of the Bible, right? 66, book, 66 chapters, 66 books in the Bible. Right after chapter 39, everything starts to get a little bit brighter. 
rise and shine for your lights come eventually, you know. And, and um, the word Isaiah means uh, deliverance or salvation. And, and the day of the Lord was not meant to surprise us. We've been given lots and lots and lots of clear signs and signals regarding his return. Now, whatever uh, your view is on the rapture, uh, that's going to come as without much uh, introduction. For those of you who are ready and waiting, there'll be a trumpet. Those of you who are not, it'll come like a thief in the night. How can those two be so? Well, they just are. It, <clears throat> it offers us both warnings and then promises of what's going to happen in challenging times. And there was, there's three ways to deal with a warning. Uh, one, you can obey it. Uh, two, you can ignore it. And three, you can outwardly rebel. If see a sign says that the, the, the bridge is out, you can obey and stop, um, you can, which is probably the best thing to do. Uh, you can outwardly rebel against that and speed up to your peril. Let me just come back to the point that God is giving us warnings. As Isaiah's little book of the Bible, there's lots and lots of warnings not to scare us. And so the message is pretty simple this morning. And it's about being prepared, not scared. Fear not, not to be scared. Um, um, the, the, the current, because, because our brains work on story, we need to fit ourselves into a story to make sense. So the battle for you and I today is about the narrative. And if you have a medical narrative, everything's going to be about the medical system. If you've got a, a political narrative that you're trying to find yourself in, everything will be about politics. If you've got a gospel narrative, everything will be about hope. This is our hope, Christ in us. And, and I am so encouraged to know that cancer and Christ cannot coexist. Did you know that? They can't. So, so he needs to increase in me, and I need to decrease in me. How can you magnify the Lord? The Bible encourages us to magnify the Lord. How can you make him any bigger? You can make him bigger in your personal experience. You can't make him bigger than he already is, but you can make him bigger in your experience. We, we need to magnify the Lord and let Christ in us be the greater portion. So you may just completely, if you, and I give you permission to completely disregard what I say this morning. Um, if you don't mind being wrong, you're welcome <laughs> to do that. Uh, Winston Churchill was asked for the, the qualifications of a person to succeed in politics. He said, it's the ability to foretell what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. And to have the ability afterwards to explain why it didn't happen. Um, if you read through Matthew chapter 24, it's one of the clearest predictions that Jesus gives us of some of the signs of the times we're going to be in. And he, he was asked three questions. He only answers two of them as in the following passage of Matthew chapter 24. The one he doesn't answer because they want to know when's the time. And uh, what's going to be the signs? 
but he doesn't ask, answer the time. We would be foolish to predict, try and think we can predict the time. We'd be foolish. Let's not do that, okay? And let me not pretend that I'm doing that today. He, but, but immediately after that, it's interesting to me, I think it's telling, because chapter 25 of Matthew talks about the virgins and the oil. It's one of the parables he doesn't explain. And I think we're supposed to get it. It's pretty clear. Whether oil is the Holy Spirit, whether oil is the Lord Jesus, whatever it is, we need to be full of that. <laughs> this is just an introduction because uh, um, um, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16 in the, the, uh, today's Passion Translation, I want to read that to you. Welcome everybody online. Um, it says this, Ephesians 3 and verse 16. It's, I love the 316s of Scripture. It says, I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory. One of the definitions of the word glory, the word doxa, is, is perspective. So let me read that again, including my uh, interpretation of glory. One, one of the, I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his perspective. The unlimited riches of his perspective. Not Fox News. The unlimited riches of his perspective and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. I hope you feel equipped. It's all there. You've got it all. If he's increasing and you're decreasing, you'll have explosive power and divine might. That's within us right now. I pray that God would give you discernment to sift what I'm going to say. If you recall, I was raised on a farm, uh, beef farm, and, and dad would always tell us the manure. Well, that, that's the smell of money. And so this could smell like money. It could smell like manure. I don't know. But I'm going to let it go anyway because I want you to know the divine might and explosive power and that he would unveil within you his perspective. That's, my, that's the prayer that he would unveil within you. The word unveil, uh, we, we, uh, we use this, this it's, like a, it's a, one of the books of the Bible, the book of Revelation. Revelation means the unveiling. Apocalypsis, the taking away of a veil. Um, John Eldridge in his last book, Resilience, said that the world has experienced a true apocalypse. There's been a true unveiling. And he goes on to say, I'm not sure if we like what we've seen. When you unveil, what do you see when you look around the world? Here's what you see, fear. In all forms. All kinds of fear. So glad that the scripture says that we need to fear not. I like that. Because there's a world that's trying to get me to fear. But we don't have to fear. Because when the unveiling comes, they will find, he will find Christ in you and I, which is the hope of our glory. Okay. So, um, I want to read about, a little bit from, about Joseph. Genesis chapter 37. It says, these are the generations of Jacob. But it's really a story of Joseph, is it not? He's talking about the generations of Jacob. I think that's, that's, Fascinating. So I want to reference Joseph. Joseph is one of the clearest uh, prototypes of Christ in Scripture. 
His name might even mean, no, I don't think it does. I'm just making that up. It just has the first same letter. Uh, but it's one of the richest illustrations of Jesus. Why? He was beloved of the Father. Am I right? Joseph was a favorite. Uh, he was obedient. He was rejected by his brothers. He was sold as a slave for 30 pieces of silver. Come along. He was falsely accused. He was unjustly punished. And he was elevated from suffering to a throne. To save the nation. So Joseph is for us somewhat of a picture of Christ. Not perfect, but somewhat. A type. Now there's two types of um, the way people look at scripture. One is a preterist. One is a futurist. Uh, by the way, my leader is more of a preterist. Uh, it means that what has been spoken of or prophesied has come to pass. Then there's the futurists that believe that what happened in the past is a picture of what can happen in the future. Jesus would say this, as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be. Two, two verses later, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be. I personally see that what happened in the past is a picture of what can happen in the future. Why? So we can prepare. All right. So um, this is very interesting to me. But we have always had the tendency to create doctrine to fulfill or to fit into current events instead of interpreting current events by end times prophecy. That's an, in, that's an important distinctive. Because if you hold to a certain view, you will try to validate what you think you've already know. Jesus warned us about declaring that we can see. He said, those who think you can see are really blind. And he came to open up blind eyes. In order for us to see what's going on, we're going to have to lay aside our opinions and our perspectives and come to the scripture with an open heart and say, Lord, speak to us again fresh today about what's going on. And don't interpret what's going on in the world to scripture. Take scripture and compare it to what's going on in the world. This is pretty, I think it's really important. Um, Jesus said in Matthew 24 that there's going to be at least five things. There's going to be deception. He said, beware beware that no one deceive you. Why would he have to warn us about being deceived? Because the potential of deception is pretty high. Okay, so everybody here. Now, we have all, all, all kinds of views in here right now. And we have the unlimited capacity to deceive ourselves. So, one of the things that's going to happen, he says, I want to warn you of this, there's going to be deception. Is it possible that we could be deceived? (laughs) Okay, good. That's where we start. Secondly, there's going to be disputes. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be factions against each other. Nations, that word uh, can mean ethnos. It can mean ethnicity. Different ethnicities against different ethnicities. There's going to be deception, going to be disputes. There's going to be diseases. 124 times, although the word, pesti- uh, the word um, pandemic is not used in Scripture, uh, variants are used 124 times. Plagues, pestilence, what have you. Anybody, any, anybody been aware of what's happened the last few years? We have had a pestilence, seen or unseen. And the, and the, the big issue is because it's unseen... 
the threat of death that's held over our head causes us to fear. Greatest fear that we have is, is, is the fear of death. So we've been threatened by an unseen enemy. And fear, when fear begins to rise up, psychologists will tell us that we're the most impressionable to be told a specific narrative or story, and we're easy to believe it when we're in fear. Ah, but if, we're, if we know what's coming, we can be in faith. And not to be deceived. You be careful. Watch out for deceptions. Then there's going to be disputes. Then there's going to be diseases. Okay, so we've always had disputes because the world is full of humans. But he also says there's going to be diseases. Could that be, what could, that, what could the last couple of years have meant? If it meant anything, what could it mean? Are we in the last hour? Are we in the last days? Are we in the last minutes? Are we in the last seconds? It means something. What does it mean, Pastor Lorne? You tell me. Going to be diseases, there's going to be deliverance, and then there's going to be declaration. We know for a fact in chapter 24, I wonder if I, I probably should, but, but those who endure the end will be saved, but the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that the nations, so all nations will hear, and then finally, the end of the age will come. You want to know when the end of the age will come. So, once, so here's, here's what missiologists will tell us today. <clears throat> In somewheres around 10 years from now, the entire, every, every ethnicity, every tribe, every tongue will have heard the gospel about 10 years from now. So what's that mean? That's one of the conditions of, before Christ's return. Might be 10, might be 20, might be 8, might be 18. Maybe it's the gospel, maybe it's the gospel of the kingdom. Maybe it's a little variant thereof. What am, what am I saying? I'm switching on discernment in me and saying, hey, there's some stuff happening in the world that makes me go, hey, what's going on out there? Something's going on out there. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Don't be scared. Fear not. But prepare. Um, keep your eyes open. It seems to me that we could be seeing what Jesus foretold as the great falling away. I've never seen it like this before, and I mentioned that a few weeks ago. So many people like just giving up on God, giving up on church, just giving up and. It, could this be what he said, unless there's a great falling away, apostasy, unless there's a great falling away? Churches around the world have experienced somewhere between 40 and 70% of people just evaporating. Is this a sign? Yeah, yeah, well, maybe. One of the clearest marks of our time will be the falling away, I, I, and I see it. Jesus instructed us. Because of that, in Luke chapter 21, when you're facing these things, things that overwhelm us, and he was overwhelmed, to pray. And he asked us to pray this. He asked us to pray for strength. I, and, I, and I quite like that. I, and I've been praying that each day. At the end of this service, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray the same thing for us. Um, in chapter 1 and verse um, 36. But watch lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of life, and that that day will come upon you like a trap. He said, be prepared, because all of you here today no longer have to worry about the day coming like a trap, because we've been warned. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength. Catuccio, used twice in Scripture, it means strength that prevails. Valiant strength. Right? To escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. He says, pray for two things, but strength to escape and strength to stand. So we're going to pray that at the end of the service. We're instructed to do that. 
So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for that. The other time that's used is in Matthew 16, which says the gates of hell will not have the strength or have, be able to prevail or, or able to overcome. So I love when it says the church arise. Church arise. Because that's what's happening. And, we're also, and, and we also know that there, we can prepare for a great harvest, a great gathering. There's another, and what are we doing? We're getting ready for that. Keeping a big altar so we can see people saved. So there's two things we have to think about. Let me just, if I could dumb this down. It's about being obedient and thinking about others. Because the tendency when we're afraid is to just think of ourselves. Um, so <clears throat> Ecclesiastes says that he has put eternity in our hearts. That, that means at least that the future is in our hearts, right? Eternity or the future. It's at least, that's in each one of us. Is anybody interested about where we are in the timeline of history and where are we going? What's ahead? I mean, this is how psychics make their living. With false information appearing right. So this is how they do that. Is anybody concerned about what's going to happen in the future? Of course you are. God has placed that within your heart. And that's good. But the tendency, if we're not prepared is to be anxious about the future, which he told us not to be. We don't need to be anxious. Why? Because he's not forgot the recipe for manna. It's okay. So, so there's, there's two worlds that exist that we live in. The natural exists because of the spiritual. And there's two primary approaches to prophecy. One is predictive and one is interpretive. Predictive uses trends and tools to predict the future. Scripture is full of predictive counsel, warnings by people who proved that, but people proved to be dull at heart when warnings came, or even hard at heart. The Lord uses dreams and visions. We sleep about a third of our life, about a third. It would be a waste if the Lord couldn't speak to us in that third of, of our life. Am I right? So he speaks to us through dreams and visions. I would encourage you all to pray for dreams and visions. A vision is not, is not when you're asleep, a dream is. A vision is something that you see when you're awake. It can be anything as simple as a thought to an entire movie roll that's going in front of your eyes. I've had a number of visions, and you've got to sort of stop that are, because they're like a movie playing in front of you. Other times, it can be simply a thought that rises up, bubbles up within you. Has anybody in the last couple of years in their hearts wondered, hey, what's going on? What if that's the Spirit of the Lord wanting you to ask the question, Lord, what are you saying? And how do we prepare? The next, next thing he uses is he uses um, dreams, visions, prophets, and perception. Right? So, so God has 100% accurate foreknowledge. Am I right? He's outside of time. He's been there, <laughs> done that. He knows all about this. He knows exactly where I am. He knows exactly when my healing is coming. He knows exact, the exact time of that, which is a reason for his body. It was bruised for my healing and yours. <clears throat> so, um, uh, and, 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 then, and then what happened last week when Pastor Phil spoke to me, he prophesied over me, and something started to happen on the inside. It actually became, it turned from being simple words to being creative power within me. Like, it's amazing, the power of prophecy, right? And our words that form our worlds. 
Right? Super, very, very important. Um, Numbers says when God, God came in a cloud and they began to prophesy. And, it said, and he, said, he said, I wish that all of, of the, all of the Lord's people were prophets. But, but you know, every one of you with Christ in you has the essence of prophecy. You all have that. 1 Corinthians 14 says, uh, would like all to speak in tongues, but rather prophesy because the one who prophesies is greater. But all believers have the essence of the prophetic in them. And, and, and we're, told, we're told that prophecy, it says that, that the testimony of Jesus is the essence of prophecy. <clears throat> so it's predictive of who Christ is in, in us and ongoing in the future narrative. So dreams, vision, property, prophecy, and just perception, knowing that something, your perception, what, something's going on. So that can, and, and usually perception comes from experience. And if we're not careful, sometimes perception comes from news media or social dramas. Sometimes. If you're not careful, your perception, instead of coming from the Lord, may come from other circumstances around us. Are you, I'm trying to preach to somebody today, probably me. Your perception, what's going on? Where does that come from? You have within you the essence of prophecy, the essence of understanding what's going on, the perception of what's taking place. That, that is within us. So don't disregard that. Listen to that. Um, the next primary method is interpretive. In other words, our outcomes are determined by our decisions, never forced. My destiny is in my willingness to surrender to his will. Uh, your choice, your words, your steps, your words that frame your world. So your future is actually, can be interpretive. I can, <clears throat> uh, we're told that we can tell what our future is going to be like by looking at the people we hang around with. Did you know that? How you speak will determine a lot about your future. What you meditate on, what consumes your thoughts, your unedited moments, will determine a lot about your future. If you're continually telling yourself a loser, guess what? You're prophesying. Now, you can turn that. Every day I spend time before I get out of bed, I lay there and I remind myself who I am in Christ and who Christ is in me. I ask them to pull off veils and scales off my eyes that I could see what's really going on. I want to know just enough, not too much, but just enough so I can make decent decisions for the future. Interpretive. Um, Jesus scolded the Pharisees in Matthew 16. He says, you guys are able to tell the weather, but you can't tell the times that you're living in. It was, it was, a, it was a scolding. And, and, of course, we got apps. But generally, I mean, when I grew up, we didn't. We, I mean, we sort of had weather, and, or we, we, we would use the almanac on the farm many times, just use the almanac and, um, to predict the future, uh, the weather. <clears throat> Jesus said, you guys, you can predict the future, but you can't actually discern the times that you're in. You should be able to because I've given you everything you need to predict the future. He, I've given you, and I've made it very clear. <clears throat> what are you seeing? What are you sensing? What are you feeling? Has a huge impact on your behavior, your emotions, and your thoughts. Our experiences are shaped by, many times, by our perceptions. So, so Joseph had a dream. Now, 
Now, it's interesting about the dream because we're told in Ecclesiastes, it says this, it says, what has happened before will happen again and what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same thing happens over and over. We're given given an instruction from the Old Testament to remind us that things that have happened, you'll be able to predict what's going to happen in the future if you are students of Scripture and open to the the word of the Lord, the, the prophetic word of the Lord for our future, you'll be able to look back to be able to look ahead. For the, the clearer you can have about looking back, the clearer you're going to have about looking ahead. And, and history, he, he, so um, history is meant to be informative for us. Prophecy is meant to be behavioral. If I know something is about to happen, I need to adjust my behaviors and my, pattern, my lifestyle accordingly. And Jesus, this, which is where uh, Matthew chapter 24 came from. The history of Joseph is twice as much mentioned about Joseph as his father. Uh, it's a fascinating story of a doting father, a pampered son, jealous brothers, a conniving wife, and an international food crisis. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke about um, marriage. And you've heard me quote Genesis, Genesis 22 quite a bit, where the Lord spoke to Abraham and says, listen, listen to his wife. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't say the same thing to Job. Actually, he didn't say, he didn't say the, that same thing to Adam. Listen to your wife. What does that mean? Well, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> um, but let me, let me just make you aware of a couple of things because we're seeing some stuff, some information. When, when, you're, when you're watching the news, have your Bible as close to you as you can and a few specific chapters. Matthew 24 and Luke chapter 21 specifically. Have them close by. Because is it possible that there could be a food shortage? I mean, anything's possible. Anything's possible. Uh, If there is, the Lord will look after us. If there is. Weird things are happening, eh? I mean, they're making, they have cricket factories to produce protein. Are you kidding me? Apparently, one of the biggest ones is just east of Calgary, owned by Old Dutch. Make crickets. Can vegetarians eat crickets? No, they can't. I sent out that little meme the Lord, where the Lord says, the, the Lord says uh, what, do you, what are they doing with almonds? I've given eight methods of milk. What are you doing with the almond stuff? Not good enough? What? Hey, I just, the, the, the important thing is, though, it's been, it was prophesied that if or when there's a food shortage, we can be looked after and prosper in that season. You've got to read that. That'll probably be part two. I'm just seeing how this one goes if I do the rest next week or I just leave it alone. If I meddle too much. But, but let me make this suggestion that maybe Amos chapter 3, where it says, Surely the uh, Lord does nothing except he reveals it to his servants. That wasn't the one I was referring to. Amos chapter 8 is where I'm trying to go. Where it tells of a time... And I think that it's brewing now. It says that, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, where there will be a famine not of bread and water, but of the word of the Lord. You want to beware more of a famine of the word of the Lord. I've never seen so many uh, church leaders walk away from the centrality of Christ in their preaching. No, no, really. As long as I'm leading here, Jesus will be the leader of this church. 
Hey, hey, no, 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 but, it, and while it sounds sort of a pedestrian that Christ isn't central or the Bible is not preached, I'm just saying that what if the famine, which is more critical, is the absence of the word of the Lord? He says people are going to be going here and there looking for where is a word from the Lord? When we read the Song of Solomon, the bridegroom is going from house to house to house. He's looking for his bride that will welcome him. Who is that? That's you and I. We need to always be friends of the bridegroom and welcoming Jesus to our services. Welcoming Jesus to our families. Welcoming Jesus. What if the famine is the word of the Lord? Surely. Um, um, and, and, then, and then it says in, in Genesis chapter 47, the results of the famine were this. Um, there was five things. First, there was a, a food shortage. Secondly, just read, uh, just read those chapters. There was a food shortage. Now, perish the thought. But you and I need to be well familiar with Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my provider. Not Jehovah Safeway. No, this is, this is a big point. That we know him as our provider, not the local grocery store. That we know Jesus as our provider who can provide anything, anywhere, by any means. Okay. Food shortage. Secondly, because of the, the food shortage, there was a money failure. Does anybody have any hunch of what's happening economically around the world. Does anybody have a hunch, like perception-wise, can we keep spending more than we're bringing in? Like, consider, like at, at, at the rate that we're doing it. I'm, t- I'm talking to Canadians probably, if you're from America. Where, is it possible that that can go on indefinitely? Um, there's a few times where people are not able to see. One of, them, one of, one of the times is when it disrupts our comforts in life. So what do we do? We just say, oh, it's not there. Is it possible for the economy to fail? Don't be scared. Is, it, is, that, is that even, well, the result of the food shortage was a, an economic failure. And the result of the economic failure was there was no livestock, there was no work, there was no employment. And the result of that was they lost their lands and their houses, their loss of assets. And the result of that was the movement of people, migration. I think migration's already taking place. I think it's already happening. Could it be that what, he was, what was being said then, could it be? I'm not saying it's specifically, categorically revelatory, it is. But I said, could it be a warning? When things like that start to happen, is this a possibility? What are we to do? Prepare. May I, may I say this about, um, my encouragement is that we need to prepare. But we don't prepare out of fear. I just want to repeat that. You don't get prepared, you don't prepare out of fear. Fill in your garage with, you know, whatever. But it, listen, if, 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 if a food shortage went on for longer than two or three weeks, like, the, we need a, like, I mean, prepare. Like, we always had a, years full of stuff in the pantry on the farm. Um, you know, it's putting a few things away doesn't hurt, but don't do it out of fear. Don't be running here and there out of fear. Prepare. No big deal. Just prepare. Spirit of prophecy points us 
to Jesus. Here's what happened during that time. Um, it says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he's with you and I. If you'll trust him, he will lead you. Here's, here's my hunch of what's going to happen in the years ahead. Intercessory teams will rise up, and they will direct the weather, and we will see multiplication miracles. There's a precedent for it. Why wouldn't we? Right? When was the last time you spoke to the clouds? Elijah did, and he said he's, we're, we're the same. What, what, if, what if? I was shocked to find out. So anybody knows our gas prices are going up? That should be no surprise. I was talking to a gas expert this week. I said, is it possible that gas could go to $5 a liter? Didn't say it was crazy. Kind of nodded. Possible. What would ha- how chaotic would that be if that happened? Could that cause some anxiety or could that cause some fear? Could that cause a change in lifestyle? Or could it cause us to look up for our redemption draws nigh? Could that cause us to look to the Lord as our provider like never before? He, listen, he's, he brought honey from a rock. And water. Um, I just got to move along here. Isaiah 65. It says the new wine is found in the cluster. I'll tell you what I'm getting ready for. New wine. The Lord's preparing this vessel. Who prophesied that over me? Melissa. Melissa. The other Melissa. Where'd she go? Thanks. Wherever she is. The new wine is found in the cluster. What's that? What's the cluster? That's the people that we're hanging around with. And it says, says, don't destroy. Do not destroy it, for there's blessing in it. Oh, gosh, are we coming up already? Okay. Lots of things are, are vying for our attention, iPads, iPhones, media. Uh, here's, here's what I know is gonna, can happen. Here's what happened to Joseph. He provided a, a, a prophetic Goshen for him, a place of provision. You and I have a Goshen. And listen to me. Joseph was overseeing the food distribution. So was Jesus. And his brothers didn't recognize him because his journey had changed him that much. The result of that was the restoration and the transformation of the entire family. We have a prophetic Goshen, a place of protection, a place of provision that's hidden in a fertile spot to keep you and I close to Christ. If, if we see the same shortages of any kind come, we can also prosper in Goshen. Labor was easy and was super fruitful. Many will be amazed how we thrive from unexpected resources, from unexpected places. So here was the five things that he encouraged them to do. The first thing was to ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom, ask for clarity. What did Joseph do? He needed wisdom. God's Bible says that anybody want wisdom, ask for it. I'll show you what to do. Second thing he did, he said, uh, he, broke, he broke the people up into groups. Here's what I think is we need to be aware of, that there's gonna be people, there is, that there is people right now that are partnering with kingdom initiatives to provide for the future, that they're all, this is already taking place right now. Some people are feeling, you know, we're feeling the importance to be, I, we need to be growing enough food in our garden, not just for us, but another two or three families. Why is that happening in the hearts of people? I've heard this from a dozen people. We're gonna, we need a bigger place to provide, to, to figure out how we're gonna make food. I don't know if you feel this or not, 
When I go to the, when I, when I go, I just go to the grocery store to buy some stuff and there's an empty shelf. I don't go, <gasps> I go, Lord, you're coming. <clears throat> I'm ready. You're coming. It's just a small little thing. So he, he's, he said, find some partnerships with some people. Why? Because the blessing is in the, in the cluster. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever hear. Um, trustworthy people. He said, find trustworthy people of different skills. The third thing he said is set aside a fifth. Everybody's unique in this. So I've often told people, bring your first 10% to the Lord and then set aside 10%. Here's my encouragement. Bring the first 10% to the Lord and set aside 20%. Why? Because we're in days of harvest. These are good days. Shoot, silver is like $22 an ounce. Good days. It'll be too late when it's $90 an ounce. Go buy it. Buy as much as you want now. Go buy some dried fruit. Get as much as you want right now. Go do a few things. Not out of fear. But just, just I'm, I'm asking us to discern and think a little bit. Um, set aside a fifth. Why? Because these are, he said, he said there's, if lean times are coming, if they're coming, well, get ready for them. But don't fret and don't be anxious because in those days, we, because we have sowed, we will reap a harvest. I'm super convinced of that. The next thing he does is to put it in a storehouse. I think you should be very conscious of where you set stuff aside and you leave it there, set aside. It's a storehouse. He said, I will bless your storehouse. Well, he can't bless what you don't got. Last thing is it's not about you. The distribution, manage, grow, and allocate. It's not about you. The preparation, the preparing was for others who don't know. This is about extending the kingdom to others that don't know yet. This is not, a, if someone comes and they're saying, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? I said, just relax, sit here, let's pray. Ask God to bless, multiply the bread. What's going on? Yeah, I believe in the provider. You can too. Would you like to accept him as your savior? It's that simple. It's about others, your neighbors. Get to know your neighbors. Love your neighbors, how we love our neighbors. Going over and blessing their bread. Sharing, serving. This is a time of harvest. You know, in Ukraine, it's not a time of harvest. It's right now a time of harvest in Canada. You can get whatever you want, whenever you want. We're blessed. We're blessed. What if this was even 10% accurate? Get ready. But don't be afraid. Um, obedience and others. Uh, my second last point. We are currently living in an age when almost any behavior is celebrated no matter how goofy or sinful, when simultaneously any side, small sidestep, private or public, could lead, could be catalytic for social ruin. A, a, the littlest statement can be pounced on by a mob. And you're guilty until proven innocent. You lose your reputation, you lose your job. Um, stories of, uh, it's coming all over from ministers all over the world. Chris Hodge just, just liked a post and uh, I don't know if you know the story, but anyway, he just liked somebody's post and ended up losing two church locations, um, losing uh, access to the, uh, the um, he had a, they have a hospital where they're helping people. Um, you, you're familiar with Mark Driscoll. Last week he said, uh, men can't get pregnant and he was banned from uh, social media. 
what the world kind of world are we? Does any, I don't know if you think men can get pregnant or not. Heck, I don't want to. It's in Matthew chapter 24, it says that many will be offended, will betray one another and even hate another. Is this where we're at? Pretty close. Knowing hearts will get cold. Here's the, here's the three things to do. Know him, trust him, follow him. Know him, trust him, follow him. Know him, trust him, follow him. Here's, here's how we prepare. Know him, trust him, follow him. <clears throat> That's how we prepare. The Lord has always cared for his people. The, the, the three times when people will not see, one, they won't see what they fear, they won't see what disrupts their life, and they won't see what they're not prepared for. Have, have you learned or trained yourself to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and fear no evil yet? Do it. Do it. In, in, in the shadow of where other people are running and covering their heads and say the sky's falling, you can go, no, 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 the Lord is with me. It's rod and the staff, they comfort me. Oh, by the way, goodness is going to follow me as well. All the days, all the days, all the days. David knew that, all the days. Did you know that goodness is following you? Let, let it catch up with you. Last point, Jesus taught us to recognize the signs. I'm not fixing my eyes on a tribulation. I'm fixing my eyes on how do I reach the world? How are we going to reach the world? This is going to be the greatest opportunity of evangelism ever. And we're, and we're, and we're coming up to that right now. Um, the two things we need to remember, acknowledge and trust God's word, shama, to hear and to obey. Because ungodly agendas will all sound logical, fair, and genuine, but don't be misled, Matthew 24 and verse 4. And secondly, in your willingness, is your willing, in, in your willingness, be able to trust the word of the Lord for you. And we're going to be just fine. Did that, did, did that, just checking my gauge over here. I'm going to close. Um, um, I, I wrote a, um, I wrote a prayer and I've been a fan of scribing prayers for a number of years. And maybe you'd be interested in praying. It's praying for strength in, in, this, in, the seat, in the day we're in. I think we need to pray for a whole bunch of things, but one of the things we need for strength to not fall away. Because it's going to be easy for people who the Lord didn't uh, do what they wanted Him to do in the time that they wanted Him to do, and they'll get disappointed, and they'll step away. This, this is a time not to fall away and step back, but this is a time to repent of our uh, agendas and uh, perspectives and get a hold of some fresh ones because he's going to lead us through. He, oh, he, he's going to lead us through. And guess what? On the other side is something fantastic. The thousand-year rule with Christ here on the earth. Oh, baby! Let's all stand to our feet. The, the, the prayer, I just adapted it from John Eldridge's prayer in the end of resilience. Um, I'm not sure what the Lord said to you this morning. He told me to just share and you'd hear what you needed to hear, so that's all I did. But the prayer, it's, and I'd like you to pray with me if you're interested in praying. It says, God of all creation, I need your strength that prevails. I don't want to fall away. I don't want to lose heart. 
I don't want my heart to get weighed down or disappointment or with disappointments or fears. I want to fix my eyes firmly on you. That's kind of what I want, what I want us to pray. Towards the end, it says, I choose you, Lord Jesus, over all others. I give you my total allegiance. I choose single-heartedness. I offer my body, soul, and spirit. I ask for supernatural resilience and ask for overcoming faith that lifts me above every narrative that's trying to take control. Every narrative. I want, to, I want, I want, my, I want my ears to be tuned to the story that's being, the great story that's playing out right now in all of history. And there's a great story that's being played out right now about the majesty and the glory of the Lord. So we, so we don't need to fear any evil. Would you, if you're interested, pray this along with me, please. It goes like this. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, God of all creation, of the thunderstorms and waterfalls, I need your strength that prevails. I do not want to fall away. I do not want to lose heart. I do not want my heart to be weighed down with disappointments or fears or worries. I want to fix my eyes and hope firmly upon you. I choose you, Lord Jesus, above all others, above all else, and above all things. I give you my total allegiance and my undivided love. I choose single-heartedness towards you and the hope that you offer me today. Lord Jesus, I offer you my body, soul, and spirit, my heart, my mind, and my will. And I ask today for supernatural resilience, O oh Lord. I ask for a hunger for your truth, O oh Lord. I ask for overcoming faith that lifts me above every narrative trying to take over your story of faith, hope, and love. And I choose that today. I have overcoming strength today to escape all the things coming on the earth and I declare that I will stand. I pray for strength of mind, strength of heart, strength of will, and I receive that strength that is coming against the saints in this hour. Fill me fresh with oil of joy today. By faith I receive that and I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Father. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.